Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? We have Ricky Villacrez on the show. He is one of the contributors for GSMarena.com, which I'm sure a lot of you are very familiar with. Now, Ricky and I have had, um, uh, we, it's been some time since we've had him on the show, so we catch up for a little bit at the beginning, um, after which we start to uh, react to a couple of announcements that happened this past week. Before the announcements, or rather before the reactions to announcements like the Nintendo Switch OLED and the phone for Snapchat. Snapdragon Insiders, uh, we also talk about, once again, the Pixel Buds A-Series, of which Ricky just got done his review for over at GSM Arena, so make sure you follow everything in the show notes so you can follow him, myself, and of course, Pocket Now. But with all that said, let's go ahead and get into this really chill uh, conversation between myself and Ricky on this episode of the podcast. Enjoy. Ricky, so good to have you back on the show. Um, and I also need to give you a little bit of props because like you came into this show even more prepared than me with like a <laughs> list of links and like, <laughs> I've been here before and <laughs> you said the same thing before. <laughs> exactly. Um, I have to say it every single time because even when I have like Nick or TK on, it's like, especially when we have TK on, I have to give a lot of props to TK because he and I have a certain like rapport back and forth where we literally just kind of like check in 10 minutes before the show and just be like, what do we talk about this, this, and this? And either one of us can just go for minutes just going about any any one thing. But you and I haven't been uh, haven't been able to catch up. Well, we have been able to catch up, but we haven't had you on the show for a long time. So this is our chance to catch up. Um, so Ricky Villacrez, Crez, Villa Villacres. Villacres. I always, yeah, I'm always trying to yeah. do the pronunciation and it'll, I always butcher it. <laughs> so I always feel bad. It's okay. Uh, it's not a common last name. I, someone, someone told me the other day, like, oh, I heard that last name before. Very not common. Mm. I was like, yeah, it's from Spain, but I don't know. I don't know anybody else with my last name. Mm, okay. Well, I haven't seen you family. in a while. Um, uh, anybody who doesn't already know, Ricky is from GSM Marina. And I just wanted to ask, how, how have you been lately, man? How have you been since we last had you on the show? It's been a while. Dude, it, <laughs> it's been good it's been good a lot of you know the COVID restrictions settling down and everything kind of going back to normal uh quicker it's more quicker so in florida than in other states mm-hmm. um but everything is good man um marv got a job at uh each for an hbo max tv That's show awesome. yeah he's working for uh rap shit is a show that was announced already uh created created by Issa ray so he's uh working on that mm-hmm. on the production side He's excited. He's working long hours, but um, yeah, I'm just happy for him to be doing that. And otherwise, man, just uh, hanging in there, still doing, you know, doing my daily work Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, trying to get myself out there in other ways. Yeah. Um, In that regard, you see, you just mentioned HBO Max with Marv, uh, with Marv and whatnot. Um, Anecdote time. I have. Okay. This is a dilemma that I go through here in L.A., and I want to know if because, you know, you know someone in the I I guess this is sort of a catch all term, but, you know, someone or you kind of work in the entertainment business, like on the side in a way. Um, I have been struggling to get into more influencer things here in L.A. because you and I we're we're in the tech sector. Right. Right. But even though we're not in the entertainment business, I get kind of salty, like low key salty, because I'm like, (laughs) Well, what are you watching your Netflix and HBO Max on, huh? Like, what are you watching it on? You're watching it on a piece of tech. How come we can't be invited to like these premieres okay. and stuff like that, right? That's pretty fair. Uh, do you, do you, are you, have you been able to go to like more things like with Marvin's Connections or anything or? Not necessarily. So Marvin's oh. Connection recently is just, um, it's like, you know, it's when, when things fall into place and you're at the right place at the right time and you know the right people. You know, that's that's pretty much the situation. And that's the situation that I've had really with even with getting this GSM Arena job way back in the day. I don't mm-hmm. know if I told that story on this podcast. Um, we could say it for another time. But um, yeah, it's all about networking, bro, yeah. in this industry. In this industry of exposure, it's all about who you know and who likes to work with you mm-hmm. and who wants to work with you and um, just making those connections. Yeah, I agree because uh, I tried. So, okay, so anyone who follows me on Instagram, um, a a week or two ago, I actually went to one of these like influencer movie premieres. It was for um, Fear Street, which is a trilogy of horror movies based on the books by R.L. Stein, um, and they're all premiering on Netflix. The second uh, on this day that we are recording this podcast, me and Ricky, the second of the three movies came out today, and last night I went to the premiere of the second one uh, as well. 
So it was funny because there's like this whole VIP area and there's like a bunch of people there and it's just street food cinema. So if you are in the know, you get the invites, you get free tickets to go to this event. Um, but you have to be in the know, you have to be on the mailing list and all that stuff. So because I was able to go to the first one with a couple of friends, I was able to get the link for the second and third movies. I'm going to, sure. I'm going to pass on the third movie. I'm actually kind of tired about like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit socially tired. <laughs> let's put it that way. Okay. I need like an introvert, like moment, like a week. Um, but the thing is I, I went to the first movie and I kept posting about it and linking not just Netflix film, which is like the official account for Netflix uh, movies, but right. I also kept. I also kept uh, tagging like the event organizers, like all the people that were putting it together, trying to get someone to like notice me and just be like, oh, he's an influencer um, of sorts. But I keep thinking to myself, they just don't they just don't look at me that way. Like they just won't because I'm like, oh, he does smartphones and tech. He's not in the entertainment business because I get I get jealous of like the influencers who go to like the friends reunion premiere and like all these things. So I was just curious if like you were able to do more things out there <laughs> because you have a connection. You make a really interesting point that, you know, you are in LA and I'm in Miami and the markets are two, these are two different markets and LA obviously has much more competition in that industry, even just for influencers. So yeah. if there was some kind of premiere well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, if this HBO Max TV show Marvin's going to be on, if there's a premiere, I'm probably going to be able to go too. He, his connection is with the director, the person who's directing the show he worked with at the start of her career, hmm. and now the direct now she's directing, so she's at the top of the production. So like that's a significant connection, you know. Yeah. Um, so network, dude, because like network, our, our skills as tech influencers can work for all this other stuff too. Like we don't need to just be like, you know, the IG people who like do like, okay, I'm not trying to ridicule. I'm just saying like this will, this will conjure up images in people's heads of like usually women who are in front of like the installation of the premiere or of the event that they're at. And they're like flailing their dress in the boomerang. <laughs> like we can do that too. Like we can make these videos and photos and whatnot. Like we can have the same connections, but it's just so funny to me that in LA, if you're not entertainment, you're just not included. And I'm like, come on, man. Like I got... I bet you I can make way better content than some of these other. <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> and same thing with you guys. I mean, so, I mean, congrats to Marv and obviously, and I'm just curious because it made, it made me think about it because of this like Netflix stuff that I've been going to. And I remember going to the first movie premiere. And by the way, anybody who, anybody who's into like horror movies and slashers and stuff like that. Oh man, like these movies are actually really good. I came in with very low expectations, but if you are into it at all, or if you read the R.L. Stein books in the past, just check them out. But yeah, I went to the first one and I just kept looking around like, who's at Netflix? <laughs> like, who's <laughs> <laughs> who's in charge here? <laughs> and I couldn't get Take anything. Take me to your leader. <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, Ricky, we do have a few things to talk about. Uh, we did we did have a couple of topics to, to throw on, but I do want to start off with one product that um, I do have him right in front of me, and this is part of the large queue that I have of all of these uh, products that I still have to review, but you guys just put out your reviews of the new Pixel Buds. Um, so we've talked about it on a couple of shows already, so I figured we would start with that. Um, after all, we also have them in our hands. <laughs> um, hey. So Pixel Buds A-Series, um, without giving away the entire article or video that you that you guys put out, um, like what are some thoughts that you can share with it, uh, about it rather? So the Pixel Buds A-Series is a refinement of last year's Pixel Buds. They did have some issues last year with connection, with, uh, you know, Bluetooth connectivity dropping. Um, but over time with firmware updates, the features on the Pixel Buds got better. Um, so basically the Pixel Buds A series is, you know, these are the Pixel Buds as they should be if it was at a cheaper price mm -hmm. without things that you may not need. If that makes sense that's my opening <laughs> argument opening argument yeah <laughs> opening they, statement <laughs> they are um i it is becoming it's really like moving up in the ranks as the go-to earbuds that i tell people who have to get that have never had truly wireless earbuds before 
the thing is, um, at $99, I do think that they ha they have a pretty compelling case. So anybody that I'm talking to that are like, oh, yeah, you know, what audio products would you recommend and all that? And if I know that they don't really have, like, budget, it's probably the Pixel Buds will be the first ones. And I and I keep thinking about them. It, I keep thinking about them in the lens of, like, so $99 for these. And then you have, like, $49, $69, $79 earbuds from, like, Anchor and all of that. Um, have you tried like any of those, like even cheaper ones? Like, have you, have you, do you have any perspective on the comparison between those? Personally, I do not. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have personal experience with those. Um, but I can, ex I can, pro I can vouch that this is like, you know, a more premium sounding mm -hmm. sound that's well tuned and, uh, the product is easy to use. There's not like a, like a set, like the settings pages in like three pages of like different switches on and off. It's like very simplified, and there's the only option there is for sound is a bass boost on yeah. or off, and that's pretty much all you need. Um, and the other thing is integration with Google Assistant is yeah. really good on these buds. And even if it was probably only for that, I would say purchase these. Mm -hmm. Well, there's um, there's the other layer to it because. Who do you know that would look at something like the Pixel Buds and actually actively use or look forward to the Google Assistant layer? Um, and that's I, I think about it all the time because I love using it. Like I even have, you know, we, we're not going to talk about it right now, but I'm constantly using the new Sony's. And the new Sony's have that same layer installed. The Pixel Buds are like a proof of concept that you can have the Google Assistant just in your ear. It's so it's so damn useful, um, even for just simple things like you right before the show, you had your Earl Grey tea steeping there, and I would throw the the bag of tea in, hold on the on the earbud, and just go four minute timer. Um, even just simple things like that. But even though I would probably say at ninety nine dollars you get good enough sound, I'm not even good enough. Good enough is a little bit negative. I would you say good sound. You get good sound and you get the Google Assistant stuff, but the Google Assistant stuff is hard to sell. This is true. Um, not everybody will use Google Assistant. Maybe people don't even know how to use Google Assistant. Yeah. The I think the selling point here is going to be that how easy they are to use and that they are, I think these are the buds to get to get a near AirPods experience on Android. Mm -hmm. um, because you can't get, you can use AirPods on Android, but it doesn't work well. It's yeah. you have to use an iPhone to set them up. Uh, so this is it's these kinds of things. It's it, it that that's when it boils down to ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're on an iPhone, do not get these buds. They're, you won't have a good time with these buds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the line is still drawn in the sand for sure when it comes to that. But I mean, Pixel, you know, for Android, I think most people can kind of make that connection. Um, how about for something like? Um, you see, I keep coming back to the Google Assistant stuff because I have used a lot of earbuds that have their versions of assistants, like, for example, Amazon's Echo Buds and then Samsung's Galaxy Buds with uh, Bixby, which still is like, I, I think everyone by and large can say, like, unless you really dive into Bixby and like make it work for you, it's it's whatever still. Um Echoes, the Echo Buds, I keep trying not to say the A word. That's why like I keep I keep pausing when <laughs> I say it. They are effective. I actually like them a lot. Um, but again, those Echo Buds, the new ones that just came out, they're still like one for like one ninety nine. I feel like they're one forty nine, one ninety nine. Let me double check. Um Echo Buds two. They are one nineteen. There you go. So twenty dollars more, and you get active noise cancellation. So yeah, hmm. active noise cancellation. These don't have active noise cancellation. They have what's they have noise isolation, but they also have a vent so that you don't get like pressure in your ears, mm -hmm. and you can still kind of hear through. And they have the adaptive sound that will like compensate for outside noise, which is I guess the second best thing. It's you know a software solution. Now I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the Echo Buds compared to these uh, Pixel Buds. It, that's a hard one because on the surface level, if I were to talk about the assistant layers, on the surface level, they both do largely the same thing, which is to say they're both good for what I would use them for. Press and mm -hmm. hold, say three minutes, 
press and hold, let go, get your notifications, press and hold, say, call mom or whatever. Those are all mm-hmm. still fine. Um, and this whole idea that it, this is this is really my main point when it comes to these earbuds is if you don't already use your assistant layers and other products, I feel like this could be the best way to introduce someone to it because they're on demand. The thing I hate the most about smart speakers is when you say the hot word and then you hope it knew when you stop talking. <laughs> and, it, and sometimes it just doesn't get it right. Or the best part is when you say the hot word and then someone else is just being a dick and they just go, ah, la, 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 and they say something else just to mess you up. Like, that has happened before. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to these earbuds, being able to talk to it like a walkie-talkie and on demand is a criminally, in my, I, I will always say, a criminally underrated convenient feature. Um, as far as the rest of the features, yeah, I do like my noise cancellation. I do tend to miss them in the Pixel Buds, but I get, I get why they don't have it there. Keep the price low. Keep them easy to use. Take out the guesswork because I can already tell like with other people that I know who I've given earbuds to, I can already tell that they don't know or they don't actively turn on and off these sound modes. All they, they want they, is to put something in and listen. Because that's the easiest thing to do. And that's all the consumer would know how to do. You know, they're mm-hmm. not gonna open a manual and be like, oh, this is how you activate that feed. Like nobody manual garbage. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why is there paper in my box? I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Pretty <laughs> so, much. It makes sense to really simplify this because Google has uh, Google has this mentality of making things. Now they're calling it helpfulness, mm-hmm. um, but making them easy to use and make them available to the person to use. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I was going with that. So if you have anything to add, <laughs> well, let me let me let me let me uh, pose a question back to you. Like, sure. since we're talking about it's it's interesting to me since you were talking about the comparison between the Pixel Buds A series, it's specifically the A series because obviously we have the Pixel Buds 2020 that have a few more of these things. Also, that whole water resistance thing. Like, do you remember everyone's videos? Like, they took them into the shower and like whatnot. And I was like, I feel like I'm the only one who does that on the regular. And all of these other people were doing it just for the video. <laughs> I don't do that ever. Oh, really? But no. I, 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 okay. I lied. I did that once. So I had a pair of Jaybirds back in the day. Yes. I was just like, going to talk about the Jaybirds. Oh my God. <laughs> but my, mine were not, mine were not truly wireless. They were like, uh, they were sport ones. And like you wore the, the wire behind your head and had the clip that it mm-hmm. would just hold it in. I remember those. Yeah. And, um, think was it me or was it my friend i think my friend said he took him into the shower and then they stopped working and he took it right back to best buy oh <laughs> well the, the new vista twos um we're not gonna like, like i've already talked about these on the show in the past but these are ip68 so they are literally waterproof oh, wow. um and yeah so i actually put one in and take a shower sometimes like if i'm just in the middle of a podcast and you know why not um though i will say Old friend of the show, Juan Carlos Bagnell, he has said in the past um, that he had earbuds in, in the shower, and a little bit too much happened, um, and he actually punctured his eardrum at one point. So you just oh, gotta, no. you gotta be careful with that, because there is still, like, let's put it this way, if you don't have a good enough seal, and then water gets in there, water stays there, because there's yeah. something in your ear, right? Exactly. Um, so you gotta be careful about that. But yeah, um, you don't get that level of water resistance on the A-series. Um, but anyway, back to my question. Uh, between the Pixel Buds A series and the Echo Buds, if you were to think about what's different between them, twenty extra dollars gets you active noise cancellation. And with the Echo Buds two, the ANC is good. I wouldn't say it's great. I mean, I'm always going to be comparing all ANC to either Bose or Sony at this point, so they're not going to be that good. But I guess my way of my, the question I was going to pose to you is. Where do you rank those extra features, A and C ambient mode? Because if it's just $20 more, how important are they to someone like you? Someone like me, I don't, I don't use earbuds in a situation where I need to be aware of my surroundings. I use them on my, at my desk or while I'm cooking or uh, at home, really. So unless I'm actively walking in a city or I am at a coffee shop, I need to be temporarily listening through, or maybe if I work in an office, I don't mm-hmm. work in an office right now. 
If I worked in an office, maybe those pass-through features and the noise cancellation would be extra features that I would be that would be worth considering for me. It's going to depend on the person and whether they even know what those features are. Yeah. So if the person doesn't know what those features are, they're going to go over the cheaper one. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's going to de- depend on you know, do you have a couple of Google Nest Home devices ar- around that also will work with the buds, mm-hmm. or do you use? Do you have like fifteen Amazon Alexas because they were all on sale <laughs> on Prime Day? <laughs> yeah, that's just true. Yeah. So if it that's also a factor for people to consider is which ecosystem are you a part of? Which ecosystem do you already use? Mm-hmm. So I suppose the 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 Pixel Buds A series. I mean. This is me like slowly constructing my videos on <laughs> on this, but it's basically it could be a gateway drug, I suppose. Like it's got the low enough price for people to want easy audio. That also sounds pretty good, but it's also the gateway drug into the greater Google Assistant ecosystem, I suppose. Like Does it have to be a drug? Can it be a device? Or device, sorry. I think, I guess it <laughs> have to be a drug. But like you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm just talking with you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I def- yeah, I know, I get what you mean. Like, I, I, I want to find a good phrasing for that because, like, I've called other devices that, like, for example, even my, um, my camera that I'm using right now is my first ever full frame camera, um, but it's a, it's the lower end model of Panasonic's full frame lineup. So when I finally do a video on it explaining why I picked this camera, I was going to call it the gateway drug into full frame, um, because everyone else is like A7S three and freaking penetration point. <laughs> is that going to be the name of this podcast um only if you want it to be <laughs> i maybe that phrasing would actually be only if you want it to be um but yeah i think um i, I think you're i think you're on the money there it's it's the the a series is definitely like really good for people who want something that has the potential for extra the potential for more but I w- on the surface they're good for people to get who don't want to spend too much I was looking at like the design of these because I was filming it and I was looking at you know how they look and I was writing about them. I was looking at, I compared it to imagine a Nest Home Mini, like shrunk down for your ear. Is what could these look like? That's a good yeah. That's a good that's a good comparison actually. So they're already it's already familiar and like the case itself is like that that round bubbly. I don't know if the bubbly would be the word round ergonomic shape. Mm-hmm. I guess would be the name the the. the the word to use but yeah they're very inviting they're cute they're stylish yeah i was gonna say they get very close to toy like <laughs> which may oh or may gosh. not be a good thing but <laughs> I re- toy toy like when the when OnePlus had the buds and then they were like blue and yellow mm-hmm. a lot of people compared them like oh why do they look like fisher price yeah i remember that too uh, <laughs> i loved them though <laughs> I was the only one who was like, "These are dope as fuck." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was kind of into them. It's just the sound didn't really do it for me. Uh, but, I agree. But we are in privileged situations where we can even make these comparisons. But that's the whole point of True. our that's the whole point of our perspectives. Um, yes. Okay. So on the topic of features that might be sort of extra, and they make you question whether or not you want them, we got to talk about. Nintendo Switch. We got to talk about... <laughs> Yay! Um, do you land with this new Nintendo Switch OLED Edition? Is that what's called? OLED Edition? Or just Nintendo Switch OLED, I think it's called. I think it's just called OLED. Okay. So yeah. um, we do have a few people that have been able to like do a hands-on with them already and to just check them out. Um, apparently, there were no photos or videos allowed, which is why the Verge's article does not have anything but the renders um in their article okay so top top surface level spec it's the new switch oled it has a larger seven inch oled screen an improved kickstand more internal storage and just minor design tweaks i did not watch the announcement but i remember waking up that morning and there was like a notification on my phone that said like nintendo was live now go watch and i'm like i'm going back to bed uh um did you watch the announcement or did you were you part of like the the scrum of people reacting to it? I did not watch. So I woke up and got on my computer and I saw the official trailer for it. Okay. Video. And I was like, what? Okay, I guess it's official now. And um, I like my first impressions of this trailer is that they addressed 
some of the, uh, I was gonna say pressure points, some of the pain points that existed on the Switch. And that's the kickstand, it's the size of the screen, and the fact that this new screen is a higher quality OLED screen. Mm-hmm. Um, battery life's the same, Joy Cons are the same. Uh, there's an Ethernet port even now on the dock itself. Yeah. And they come in white. That's not a pressure, that's not a pain point, but that's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I saw the video and I was like, okay, this is finally what everything's been boiling down to. People were upset mm-hmm. that they didn't see the device that was being rumored. And I'm, I'm just like, you can't take rumors to heart because then you'll be disappointed when it doesn't happen or when it does happen. <laughs> or even so, then, like it's the leak culture of even our industry where you're no longer surprised by anything. But yeah, then you're I mean, surprised any, when they don't do it. <laughs> th- yeah, actually, that's that's how you actually uh, pull pull a fast one on on the crowd is just <laughs> fake leaks and then like announce something completely different. Like, yeah, you know, red herring. Maybe that's the new way to do it. I don't know because now everybody's every, everything leaks now. Yeah. So were you disappointed? Were you part of that group that was just like yeah, you weren't? No, I was not disappointed because I was not expecting a 4K device to come <laughs> this close into the Switch's product cycle like We're so spoiled like like doesn't it feel that way sometimes though that gamers are just spoiled not even gamers I, I don't know i don't know who is spoiled i don't know who deserves that title but it's it's just expectations are too high yeah that, that's what i mean yeah and i no, i saw this thing and i said okay cool it's the same thing that it's not that. Hold on, I have to re. I have to recollect my thoughts real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't have, don't have the gamer rage. Don't have that. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> no. So yeah, I, I I didn't find it realistic when I heard when I read these rumors. I was like, okay, someone leaked through the supply chain that Samsung was going to supply Nintendo with such and such panels. And that's what we derive from it is like, okay, Nintendo's working on a new product. Mm-hmm. But people went further with that. And it's like, oh, it's going to be the pro. It's going to play 4K games. It's going to play 1080p handheld. But they don't think about the technicalities of these like, mm-hmm. like, like I was. I was thinking, okay, first of all, none of these games can be rendered in 4K because the Switch doesn't support that. Yeah. So you, there's, no, there's no new... Uh, there's no like unlockable 4K mode that was built into the game that we didn't know about. Like, I don't think Nintendo's going to do that. Nintendo's not the one to play the spec game either. So that's already like the first clue. And the other thing is the pro, the whole pro thing. I was expecting them to release something. I didn't think they were going to call it the pro, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to call it the OLED. I think they would have just, they should have just <laughs> called it the, Maybe they should have just called it the seven or the, like the switch seven, switch six, and then the light is just the light. I don't know. Maybe uh, like switch, switch bigger and the, <laughs> uh, the big switch, Nintendo <laughs> the big, big switch. switch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the first thought that I had was when I saw the name, um, when I saw the name of switch OLED, I was like, oh, here's Nintendo sort of educating the non-techie crowd as to like why this is important because I mean, we talk about it all the time. When we talk about phones, we're like, oh, it's an IPS screen. <sighs> we get like salty over it, which is like the most, I, I get it. Obviously, we all get it. We prefer AMOLED. We prefer OLED. We prefer LED. But yeah, at the same time, it's like now you're, now you're, now you're inviting casual gamers to get in on that, on that saltiness. And I'm wondering what that's going to look like. But as a techie, as someone who actually deals in these displays, yeah, I'm absolutely happy that an OLED screen's on there. That way you can get even more vivid colors. You can get better contrast, all that stuff. The fact that it's seven inches, I don't really care about that. Like it's like a bigger screen is cool and all, but I actually find myself enjoying my Switch Lite more often than my regular Switch. I just lie in bed. Like lazy gaming is is absolutely my my jam. Um, is the Switch light lighter than the? I mean, it has to be. It's smaller. Yeah, it's smaller. Yeah. Okay, I guess it would make my hands hurt hurt less if I'm laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I true. never I never played on a, on the light, so I couldn't I couldn't tell you. If anything, I would love a Switch OLED light because that way Ooh. because this is this is my problem with the whole ecosystem, right? Switch OLED, cool. The screen that's on the Switch is exactly what you want it to be. Well, what about all the people who only play docked? Like, what's the point then? Then there, that's the thing. Then there is no point. Yeah. 
that that's a really good that's a really good point that I didn't think about. The Switch OLED doesn't matter to people who already played Dock. I didn't mm -hmm. even think about that because there's no yeah. there's no enhancement, there's no performance spec bump. I mean, there's maybe no 4K resolution. Bit. Yeah, no 4K. Yeah, <laughs> and you made a really great point earlier too that like it's not like any of these games are even developed for higher resolutions than on uh what is it handheld mode is 720 and then docked mode is 1080 like so what are they going to do with the performance bumps for current games for existing games what upscaling I, upscaling is like the dumbest thing they could have done <laughs> so uh you make an interesting point about performance because i remember when the new nintendo ds no sorry the new nintendo 3ds came out mm -hmm. it had a performance bump and so heavy games like Smash Brothers for 3DS would load faster on that one. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of performance bump on this one so that I don't have to see the drop frames when I'm playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And there's a lot of trees in the level because <laughs> there's hella frame drops in that game. Fair. Even still. Yeah. So that's fair. That's the only, that's my only complaint. Like otherwise, um, I don't know. Like you said, it really, it really only appeals to whoever is going looking for that elevated handheld experience. Yes, um, and I, I do like the kickstand. That updated kickstand is nicer because um, the other one would just break under like like a tap. But like, <laughs> it would but, just snap off, fly across the room. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but when I really think about it. And this is what we always try to tell our viewers, listeners, and readers. You have to really think about what your usage might be. I am not the kind of person, though we we have, you know, obviously, pre-COVID, we would see this very often in airports where you just see, like, teens or, like, trendy 20-somethings or 30-somethings playing on their Switches with their friends in, like, the airport lobby or even on a plane or... um a uh, quick anecdote, uh, when I was on the Shinkansen on the bullet train in Japan with David Immel, he had one of his buddies with him and they were just playing Switch in the train. It was a two-hour train ride and they were playing. I just fell asleep. But they <laughs> they um, they were playing it there. I'm not that person. Like, And also, in a, in a coach seat, like, to put kickstand it on the freaking table right in front of you, it's like the <laughs> crampedest thing. Um, so it's just not a scenario that I would find myself in so often. Um, so I, I, I get why I, I'm, I'm happy that for the handheld lovers, they get the, they get the joy of AMOLED. God forbid there's any burn in on those screens. I mean, if you already have Joy-Con drift, what if we have OLED burn in on a switch? My God. <laughs> OLED burn drift con joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah gate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can't forget the gate and the hashtag. Yeah, so I mean, I'm hoping that that's not the. I'm hoping that that's not a problem with these. Um, if there's one feature I wish they added, just as far as like this is not even a performance thing, but this is just a feature thing. There is one big feature that I think all the consoles are missing, um, and for I, I think I know why they don't do this because it's more or less a security reason. Imagine if a hacker used it as a backdoor for other stuff. But I mean, it would be great to be able to to connect any of my Bluetooth headphones to it for once. That is a feature that I think would really benefit the the switch. I actually ended up buying uh, one of those Kickstarter Bluetooth adapters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, game changing for sure. Yeah, to be able to and it, it's it takes it's not the super easiest thing to use because you have to hold it and then you have to put your buds or your headphones in pairing mode, and then it connects by itself somehow with magic. I don't know how it does it because you can't select which device it is. So it finds, the, it finds the first one that's open and available and it connects to them. If we're ever and, on a trip together and I see you trying to pair, I'm just going to turn mine on real quick. <laughs> I'm going to take over your connection. <laughs> You're going to sabotage my Switch playing? That's, that's, that's my Bluetooth transmitter now. Uh, <laughs> but well, yeah. actually, I like that it, has, it actually has two inputs. So you mm -hmm. can pair two buds on the same thing it's called the genki oh yeah uh i forgot what it's called mm -hmm. um, but the, the genki one yeah that one is good yeah and they make it in the color of like the switch if, if yeah you, if yeah. you're looking for that 
Um, if anything, yeah, like even the PS5, even the Xbox um, series, they don't do like just straight up Bluetooth connections. And again, I get it. You can't just put any old Bluetooth radio in there. You have to like only use it with your first party peripherals and stuff like that. And also um, it, it's already connected to the, like, the controller. So that's going to like interfere with that whole, you know, the Joy-Cons are connected with Bluetooth to yeah. the Switch. So this that's very true. That's another factor to throw in there. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, I, I mean, for the Switch and like the Switch is aimed at kids also. Kids and casual video game, video gaming adults. And um, it's just those, it's just those kinds of things that don't really have, they don't really have time to think about those things. Yeah, this is fair. Though I, I got to give kids some credit. Like if there's anyone that could put in the time to learn how to use such things, it would be those kids. <laughs> This like, is true. That's those are the kinds of kids that we were, and now look at what we do for a living. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Let me see if there's anything else here. Um, that white color is kind of nice. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I do like my yellow more, though. That's my switch light. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it really is just they're asking for three. Uh, they're asking for fifty dollars more. I imagine that if anybody already has a Nintendo Switch, this is what I said in my Amazon Live recently. Um, if you already have a Switch, I, don't look at this as an upgrade. Like, don't even look at it, honestly. Like, you probably don't even need it. But if but if you've been waiting until now to get a Switch, it definitely is the time to get it. What do you think is the future for Nintendo for their next console? I don't think there's is- I don't think there's going to be anything like pro level unless um, the only time that I'm going to get excited for it is when these game developers say, oh, and we are also developing it for higher end TVs and all that stuff. That's when you can really start to think, oh, OK, maybe they are going to like increase their performance aspect. They're going to put a better chip in there, all that Um, Because as of right now, like, yeah, people need to remember that Nintendo doesn't really require that of their developers. Just make the game 1080p, but it's going to scale down to 720 when you're handheld. But until someone says, because who think of the games that people love from Nintendo, the best sellers. Um, What benefit would 4K actually do to you, do for you? Because on the one hand, I'm playing Cyberpunk on my PC and yeah great looking game i can see the pores and the characters faces but if you go 4k super high quality clarity on like breath of the wild like it's just smooth porcelain skin like there's no pores on zelda or on link <laughs> <laughs> so i was thinking about this uh, now that you bring it up for uh, mario kart mario kart looks beautiful in 1080 docked and I don't think that putting it in 4K would make any would make a huge difference because of how oh my gosh, like you don't think about this, but when you're playing Mario Kart Deluxe on the Switch, the graphics, the shading, the colors, the backgrounds are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you're trying to dodge bananas during while you're playing the game, so you don't <laughs> you don't look at these things, but. Um, when you're watching somebody play, you're like, oh my God, like it's so mesmerizing. And I was getting the same feel from the newly announced um, Mario Party All-Stars mm-hmm. trailer. Yeah. The, now, obviously, Mario Party is not a very graphic intensive game. It's like little game, little fun, sometimes stupid games that you play against each other competitively, but also lightheartedly. It doesn't need... You don't need 4K DLS DLSS graphics for that. You're going to be distracted from the graphics trying to strangle your friends because they beat you. <laughs> Ending friendship since 1980, whatever. No, not 80. <laughs> 1990 something. I don't remember when the first one came out. Yeah. But um, but yeah, they're 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 doing better. Like they're doing a lot better with um with the limited hardware that they have. Yeah. So I still don't see Nintendo doing the spec race because it's not ever been their tea, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I so agree. I will maybe, say OLED, OLED is an enhancement that is worthwhile. But uh, this whole pro thing, I don't know. Like, when it happens, it'll happen. But it's not until these games actually support that kind of performance or support that kind of resolution. And by and large, Nintendo has never really prescribed to that. So, uh, all right. So I'm sure we have a lot of thoughts for our final topic here. Um, so we're going to take, <laughs> oh. our- <laughs> so we're yes. going to go ahead and take a real quick break. Um, and then we'll be right back to talk Qualcomm and Asus. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, you and I were there for just a sort of talk about this new product that is coming out that is supposed to be very exclusive, which should give it an air of specialness, of speciality. I don't know what the term is here, but it's supposed to be... This is literally what it, what this is called, okay? So brace yourselves, listeners. This is the phone for Snapdragon Insiders, okay? That's the official name. So if you're going to Google trying to get this for yourself, that's what you Google. The phone for Snapdragon Insiders. <laughs> um, in a partnership with Asus, Qualcomm went ahead and put their best possible features short of the Snapdragon 888+. Plus because it was a more recent announcement, they put all of their best features into one device co-created with Asus. Now, top-level, surface-level reactions real quick from you <laughs> um, regarding this phone. So go ahead. Okay, why does it have a forehead? Why does it have a bezel, I mean? That's what I call it, the forehead. It has a bezel and the camera's in it. And we're all, I thought we're past that and we're using notches and punch holes now. Yes. So that's the first, it's my first reaction to how it looks. Okay. Um, but my other, the first impressions when they said, okay, I'll admit, when they said we have an exclusive product announcement coming, I was like, okay, could this be a phone? Is this a pair of head? Like, I was kind of like, oh, maybe it's a pair of headphones. And then they're like, okay, it's a phone. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then the, presentation kept going and going and this is just a it's a it's a flex for qualcomm's technologies that they sell to oems to include within their firmware mm -hmm. like snapdragon sound and camera ai features and quick charge 5 and um what's the other one game touch uh, the 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 what's it called the I don't even know. <laughs> the The gaming feature is yeah. called. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember something. what it is also, um, because the, the the article that I'm looking at right now from Pocket Now is not saying it. Um, it doesn't have it. Yeah, it doesn't have it. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, there yes. there are a lot of features that. Well, Snapdragon Elite Gaming, but I'm trying to think of what the touch sensitive one okay. was. It's called Game Quick Touch. Okay. And uh, it increases latency from the touch screen by up to 20 percent decreases um, latency you mean that yes <laughs> <laughs> decreases latency uh let's oh. make a feature that makes it more difficult to play okay <laughs> <laughs> so uh so basically it's it's everything that qualcomm already offers to oems but crammed into one phone and um i I'm just wondering, like, why? <laughs> not not why make this, but why charge so much for it? Yes. Uh, you know what? Let, let's not ask those questions just yet. Okay. Um, let me let me try to go back to the, your initial question, which was my first impressions. Actually, no, I lied. Let's go back to the price. No one's gonna buy this. That's my impression. <laughs> That's the first impression, right? <laughs> well, okay, because this is what. So this is what it is. Like when we heard that we were going to get to know a new device that was made in partnership between Qualcomm and ASUS, I thought it was going to have because longtime listeners of the show know by now I'm a huge fan of everything ASUS does. Like they very rarely miss, which is why when this phone's like back was turned to us, everyone had the same reaction of. I thought Asus was making this phone. <laughs> and it was like, what happened to the ROG stylings? What happened to the Zen stylings? What happened to all of that? Because being people who are in this industry, and I don't mean this as a big diss. This is just the fact, okay? Is that we work in this industry and we have worked very closely with Qualcomm. So we know what reference phones look like. We know what the phones look like or the devices look like for these companies to try out their features, like they put everything into one like sort of haphazardly put together um, body and then they use that to test all of their features. And I think that the, the, the leap from a reference design to a full-on consumer-ready device did not quite happen here. Like this was not a well, this wasn't really a designed phone. There's not even a whole, like you were mentioning, there's not even a whole lot of symmetry to this phone when you think about it. 
Yeah, uh, that was a comment I saw, and people were salty about not there there not being symmetry. But symmetry is like the number one uh, law of design. But besides the point, besides no symmetry on the back. Okay, let's look past that. Okay. The so they have the uh, fingerprint sensor, which is the what's it called again? The, the Sonic. Sonic. 3D Sonic sensor, right? Yes. Gen two. Um, this is the same sensor that as are is currently used in the Galaxy S twenty one series in the display. Mm -hmm. Now on this phone, it's on the back on a touch sensor. Yeah, and you know the question came up: Why is it not in the screen? And they said, "Oh, it's limitations from the panel because the panel has to be flexible OLED for it to pass through, but this is a rigid OLED." But that raises immediately a question. Why not put a flexible OLED in it? Yeah. You know, that, because that wasn't the intention of this phone. Mm -hmm. um, they managed to put a Snapdragon illuminating logo in the back. But so in, in, that's, in kind of like a weird, it's not even like on the lower no, third. It's in the weird like spot. It's, it's, right, it's right in the middle. And the other thing is, if they didn't have that LED pan, if they didn't have that uh, illuminating logo, you could probably fit an ultrasonic in there with the, with the flexible OLED. Yeah, very true. Um, it's just really odd, you know, and I don't know if for listeners who may not have seen renders of this phone or the announcement that literally happened this morning, um, or yesterday, I should say, um, the, yeah, like you, you can't, I can't really paint the word picture for you. It's just, it's a phone that seems like, okay, we need to have a camera. Here you go but they didn't pay a whole lot of mind to like how it's put together. Like the most that they did was, oh, it has the Snapdragon red accent color to it, <laughs> but it's like off center or it doesn't even seem like it makes sense where it is. And the same thing with the front, with the uh, fingerprint reader, it's like kind of in a haphazard place when compared to where the logos are. And it's, I, I guess my main gripe so far now, granted, I'm excited to try this phone out because of the features that they put in. So I'm into that. I want to see Snapdragon sound or not see. I want to experience Snapdragon sound. I want to experience the fingerprint reader in its best possible environment, which is, I admit, on the back of a phone because you know a screen could add some variables. I agree with that. But still, um, we already know what the Snapdragon 888 can do. And um, honestly, like if I just find it funny because. Qualcomm has this program called Snapdragon Insiders that has apparently more than a million people in it already, which is great. Awesome. You have a lot of enthusiasts. I still question whether or not those insiders would actually want to pay $14.99 for this entire package. I was having that exact same thought. The we have we're being really hard on this device. You know, and it's we're, it's not because it's bad. Yeah, it's not. It's because it's because the polish and refinement and thought that we are used to seeing from high end devices doesn't seem like it's here. Yeah, exactly. The Qualcomm was not ready to answer questions about software, so it seems like that's not ready yet. They just mentioned that it was going to be near stock. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Camera features are trademarked by Qualcomm, like their AI Zoom, but they've also admitted that it's third-party solutions. So there's a third party that develops these algorithms for cameras. And they couldn't even tell us if it was ASUS who was developing that stuff. Oh yeah, no, for the camera, because Qualcomm doesn't make cameras, Yeah, which I, they, don't, they don't tune cameras, they don't build phones, I get that. So it only makes sense for Asus to take that over and be like, okay, we're gonna develop this camera system, but we're going to incorporate these third-party uh, camera solutions that, that that Qualcomm has, and that's fine. Um, the other thing is, uh, I need a second <laughs> <laughs> to gather my thoughts. Um, let's see, let's see, let's. Well, see. that's really my main gripe, though, is that my expectations were a little high because, I mean, obviously, leading up to something, you know, there are embargoes and all that stuff, so a lot of the information was vague up until this the, is true. Up until the moment we actually were sitting in that like virtual meeting room and we're being given all of this information, so I was like, oh yeah, if it's with the Seuss, I'm so into it. Like a Seuss is gonna like 
put a lot into this and if it's uh, if it's going to be uh, a partnership with Qualcomm maybe we're going to get an updated version of the ROG phone that has the Snapdragon 888 plus no we didn't we got none of that we got none of that instead what we got is a phone where this is a joke from my end but I'm not going to lie in saying that this is not how I feel like this is kind of what it looks like to me and it's a little quippy and I understand that it's a little quippy but if you are that big of a fan of, of of Snapdragon as a brand, of Qualcomm as a company, all power to you that you want to have the most exclusive device that you can possibly have. But on the flip side of that coin, on the very other side of that coin, it's Qualcomm saying, hey, the kinds of phones we develop to test the latest features, now you can have your hands on it yourself. And someone in a boardroom said, yeah, we think people would want that. <laughs> When the rest of us who are in that room were like, no one's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what you said about does doesn't does a Snapdragon enthusiast, a Snapdragon insider, who has all this knowledge, who has more than the average consumer knowledge about technology and chipsets and you know what kind of work goes into making these things happening. What kind of phone do they have themselves? I think that most of them probably have a mid-range device. Mm -hmm. Because they're savvy people who do their research and decide, okay, I'm not going to spend this much on a phone. Maybe this is all I need. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that there are other ones who say, I'm going to spend my money on a Galaxy S21 Ultra because I like this thing about it. And that's fine. Yeah, I just don't see people choosing this over an OEM except if the sole reason you want the sna the smartphone for Snapdragon insiders is for you to um, own a piece of technology, it's a piece of how can I explain what this is? It's literally the weird flex phone. Like it's it's, it's a weird flex. It's it's a flex to yourself <laughs> because no one's gonna know what this is. This is very true. It's like, yeah, check us out. It's got the Snapdragon what? logo on the back. And like, they're all like, what's like, that? Someone's going to see that on the back and be like, what's a Snapdragon? I never heard of that. Is that yeah. a new dance? Oh, like it's a new. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have Snapdragon lilies in my backyard. Like it's, <laughs> but it's, 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 I get where they're, I get where they're coming from with this. And yes, we're going to be very hard on it, but we're also kind I, 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 I'm only speaking for myself. I can't wait to try it. Um, the other the other part is in the package because it's not just the phone for fourteen ninety nine. You also get no, a no, pair no. of earbuds. You also get a couple of other things. The earbuds I'm looking forward to because again, Snapdragon Sound, like only 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 Qualcomm has really put so much effort into improving audio wireless audio across the board with AppDex and and those codecs. Um, LDAC on the Sony earbuds and headphones is really great, but there is still a tiny step above that and it is AppDex. So to be able to experience that is going to be a good thing. And you know what? Throwing the Snapdragon logo on the back of those earbuds, I actually like how they look. And also there aren't they um what's the what, what's the brand that made those headphones? Um is beats? it No not beats. What do you, what do you mean? Um there's a those, those the oh, ear... oh oh uh Master uh, and Dynamic. Uh, there you that go. That one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Master and Dynamic. Like they make good stuff. And to put a Snapdragon logo on the outer portions of those earbuds, it's like, oh dope. Like Snapdragon branded Master and Dynamic. And I think that those earbuds do a better job at adding that adding that little flex than this phone does. Because what it should have been is an ROG phone with a Snapdragon logo on the back. Because to your point earlier, these people who are Snapdragon insiders already do their research. What's going to stop them from getting a $1,000 ROG Phone 5 that has pretty much all the same specifications compared to this Snapdragon for insider or whatever, the phone for Snapdragon insiders? The difference is going to be the intent of the purchase. It's going to be, I want this because it's better than every phone, because I think it's better than every phone out there. But uh, Or I want this because it's a cool piece of technology that I want to collect, own, admire, and experience. Yeah, that is true. Like there, there is a level of that. Like the, mm -hmm. there's a portion of, there's a part of me, the part of me that loves using Asus's flippy dippy cameras. Oh my gosh. Is the same portion of me that would be like, yeah, I would use this phone because no one else has it. Like, and I, I'm okay with that. But you know what that makes this? <laughs> this might be a little harsh. Um, 
This is Qualcomm's merch. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's Qualcomm merch. Listen, <laughs> if if merch if think of your YouTubers that you watch, and when they come out with merch that they assume everyone would buy, but only like their most hardcore of fans buy, and the return is not that high because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if BMW can sell a one thousand dollar plus kids electric car. Mm-hmm like a toy one like why couldn't they do this i don't know it's but i do see this as merch it's brand recognition it's branding it's and it's catering to the right people but it's did they cater it properly is going to be the question now yeah and it's first gen who knows because uh, clearly they are investing heavily into the Snapdragon Insiders program uh, by and large. And of course, a lot of what that entails is what you would expect, like events for Snapdragon Insiders or cool experiences or maybe even like, uh, who knows, maybe they'll partner with some sort of game and give you like in-game currency, like if you do some Snapdragon stuff, like all of that is to come. Um, but of course, when it comes to one of the basic basic um, what's the term I'm looking for? When it comes to one of the basic facets of being an insider in a program, in a fan club, uh, events, I mean, we can't do that right now. So, I mean, <laughs> like, it's going to take some time before we could do that. So up until then, they're going to try to throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And this is one of those things. So who knows? Maybe there will be some sort of like more merch in the future that may or may not be $1,500. <laughs> Honestly, I think that I want to know what the insiders have to say about this. That's what I want to know too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I need to make an insiders account so I can go, <laughs> go in there and see. Is because I, I honestly don't even know. Do they have forums? I'm assuming. In um, there? Well, there is a, yes. Like there is a website where you sign up and then you get your emails. Um, there's also um, I believe there's like social media accounts that that you could follow um, and people can like comment and stuff like that. So that is that is where it comes from because us as techies we're going to be hard on this device because it doesn't compare to like the actual oem things that we're used to but then we need to hear from the insider so listeners if you are an insider i mean speak up like talk about this i want to read these comments on this instagram post <laughs> uh please make me your insider only clock speed change what about a dedicated gpu instead of gpu and soc that's like hard noodles. on a phone. Like I get where they're coming from, but that's hard on a phone. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, this is the wrong post. They're taught. They're this is a post for the eight eighty eight eighty eight plus. It's not even for the phone. Oh itself. okay. They don't. The Snapdragon Insiders don't even. Oh wait oh wait. Here's a post. Okay okay. Found it. Have you heard? This is the new. So this is on uh, Snapdragon Insiders Instagram. Yes. Hello. This is their post. Hello. Have you heard? This is the smartphone for Snapdragon Insiders, designed by Asus made for you not designed by asus i hate that they keep saying that it just it clearly is not <laughs> <laughs> designed by asus made for you whether you're a gamer music lover photographer or 5g seeker hit the link in our bio to find out how to get your hands on this curated collection of snapdragon experiences powered by the plat powered by the snapdragon 888 5g mobile platform this uh one of the comments this is called awesomeness fire emojis uh it looks good when would you would it be available in india too um how much is it going to cost is it limited edition what about os stock android or ace of the skin they're asking the right questions uh how do i join inside a program can this be the first android phone to match to march with apple's software update policy of five to six oh five to six years of os updates See, these are this, these are these are insiders these are people who follow right and yes i i i think it's there are I'm scrolling through the same comments, and I think by and large, um, there are people who are pretty um, they're pretty open to it. And if they are big fans of the Snapdragon brand, then great. That that shows their loyalty, and that's great. One of the comments, I'm happy that Snapdragon Insiders decided to collaborate with Asus. They've been doing great work, especially with the new Zenfone 8. Um, to their point, the Zenfone 8 has a lot of the same features as this uh, phone for Snapdragon Insiders. Half the price. <laughs> Like I'm just—that's all we're trying to say here—is like, um, to to it, that's why we call it Qualcomm merch, is because it's literally just made for the people who are that loyal to the brand, and that's fine. Like us as techies, we're loyal to the brand in a very different way, so that's why we feel the way that we feel. I just kind of take exception as a big Asus fan to Qualcomm constantly saying that Asus made this phone, and I'm like, it doesn't look like it. 
It just doesn't look like it. They're passing the buck on to Asus. Um, then again, Qualcomm doesn't sell phones. They don't have manufacturing. Well, they do, but not well, for Asus, phones. Asus could have absolutely manufactured it, but I guess that doesn't sound as good. On they, like a, well, they did. They said that they did. Asus manufactured this phone. Yeah, but the, the, that's the thing, though. In the marketing materials, it says designed by Asus, not manufactured by Asus, because I guess that, well, that doesn't sound as iPhone, sexy. <laughs> the iPhone doesn't say, you know, built by Foxconn. It says <laughs> designed in California. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So. <laughs> So they, they they can't really use the word manufactured like in the same way that we want them to ultimately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could go for we can go for quite a while just sort of kvetching over this uh, <laughs> this particular phone. But yeah, like Qualcomm merch. And there you go. If you're into Qualcomm merch, go for it. Like, I think those master and dynamic earbuds are a great example of the way that it should be done. And I think the phone was a misstep compared to that. So I... I Hopefully, it's going to be a, a good time regardless. Um, and for anybody out there who's thinking like, oh, well, if it's supposed to be the best phone for people who love Snapdragon, why doesn't it have the A88 Plus? It's a very valid argument. But it's just that the phone was already being developed slash manufactured um, before the A88 Plus was even a thing. But, you know, if you ask me, Qualcomm, team up with these companies let them make their best phones or make them make a special edition phone that has the Snapdragon branding all over it. But it should be an existing phone with all of these features that you want to upgrade in said device. That's the Snapdragon way it should edition. be. Snapdragon edition. Yeah, the Snap... Yes, the Snapdragon edition of the ROG Phone 5, of the Zen Phone 8, of the whatever. Like, bring back the Google Play editions, more or less, but Snapdragon-like. You know, you can let the company do whatever they want with the design, but you just need to have a checklist of because this is what I've always said about um, new processor releases. Whenever we go to like Tech Summit or something like that, yes, all of these new features in this new SOC are great, but it's up to the manufacturers to flip all those switches. And no one usually flips every single switch. Usually Sony gets close, but. Most of the time, the manufacturers don't flip every Snapdragon switch. Now, if you really want those manufacturers to do it, you can commission them to do so with a Snapdragon edition phone. But if you're going to if you're going to make merch and tell me that it's <laughs> an actual like consumer ready device, it's hard for me to take that. I actually have something now that I'm thinking about this. A lot of people that work for Qualcomm that are putting so many hours and so much work into making these technologies work that then OEMs don't necessarily, like you said, flip the switch and incorporate into their devices. This is really a product for them. It's for, 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 for these people who work at Qualcomm, I'm seeing it from their end now, mm -hmm. to, to be proud of this work that they did yeah. and say, okay, look at this. Like I worked so hard on Snapdragon Sound or I did so many tests with all this 5, um, 5G testing or whatever. Um, it, it, I see it as a tri not a triumph. What's the word I'm looking for? I see it as like encompassing all of these, all of this work that this team did entirely into one device. And I think that this is what internally they've been asking for. Mm -hmm. I think that factors into why this phone exists. Well, that's why reference phones are the way that they are. They have everything flipped on, they have everything switched on, and that's what they're using to test. But now it's like, it's like taking a race car, but making it road ready in a way. So I, maybe that's one way to look at it. And that's nice, that's cool. But how often are you going to take a race ready Lotus onto like the 405 freeway? <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> you're just not gonna do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's very rare for you to wanna do that. But yeah, um, again, we could convetch over this for quite some time. And we came up with some pretty good analogies for it. Um, but yeah, um, in any case, that would pretty much do it for what we had, at least for this show. Ricky, thank you so much for being on. Um, always great to have you. Um, and yeah, I mean, anything that you want to sort of like plug or anything that you want to like let the people know that you're up to, head over to GSM Arena, all that stuff, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I'm at GSM Arena. I write news for GSM Arena and the... Uh I do smartphone reviews, and uh, lately I've been doing YouTube shorts for GSM Arena. Nice. Uh, so I'm working on those minute videos. Oh my God, they're so much more fun to edit than a full-length 
video. <laughs> you know what? I've been thinking about that. Um, did you get, because I remember you and I were talking about TikTok one time. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get your notification that you can do three-minute videos on TikTok now? No, I okay. don't. No, no, no. I don't think so. Double check, because I think it's starting to roll out for more people. And Ooh. since you and I talk about creator stuff once in a while, I'm actually thinking of bringing back only when applicable, because I want to be able to do it every single day, um, daily vlogging on TikTok. Because mm. it's just three minutes. It's not that It's not that much. I see it for that. Yeah. Interest. Oh, my God. Daily vlogging. Uh, that was like 2000, that was like 2015, like 16, 14, 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Casey, nice that mm-hmm. out on there. Um, but anyway, I was, uh, let me just finish my plugs. Yeah, go for it. Sorry. <laughs> my, that's me. Me. I went off the tangent. So yeah, I'm at GSM Arena making YouTube shorts. I'm working on a podcast as well. Um, this is the first time I'm going to actually announce what it's called. It's called How Tech Podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's a podcast about the um, technology and disparate apps technology in different aspects of society and talking to different people about how technology is incorporated in the industry, if it's useful, if it's not useful, and just um, have a good time and maybe learn something. Yeah, there you go. You got to send me the link to that. I'll make sure that it's in the show notes. I shall when it's out because it's not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe next time I'm on here, I'll coming have something soon. ready. Oh, coming yeah. soon. Yes, coming soon. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, on that note, uh, we will make sure to have you back pretty soon my friend thank you again uh and as far as everything else is concerned all the other plugs and links that you might be waiting for they are in the show notes but i'll go through them in the outro starting now follow all of the links for ricky gsm arena and myself in the show notes as far as pocket now is concerned you can head over to pocketnow.com for the latest headlines after that follow pocket now on social media on twitter and instagram at pocket now and of course head over to the youtube channel at youtube.com slash pocket now for video content that is pretty much coming out every single day with that said though we are going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the pocket now weekly podcast thank you so much for kicking it with us today and we will see you in our next episode